And we are live. Uh, welcome to this latest episode of Totally Unscripted. My name is Martin Hoxie, and as ever, I'm joined by Steve Webster. Hi, Steve. Hello. And we also have Charles. Hi, Charles. Hello, everyone. Hello, Martin and Steve. So we've had a little bit of a break because um, we're allowed that. This is our show. We can have breaks. If uh, somebody got a new job. <laughs> we had a spring break. That's what it was. That was a spring break. break. Spring break. Uh, not so spring here in Scotland. <laughs> we had snow. But I won't dwell on that. So we're back. We've got a series of shows lined up. Um, and we're kicking off kind of this kind of part three of the season um, with a great show. So this is something, it's a topic I've been keen for us to talk mm -hmm. about, particularly with the guests that we've got. So um, we're talking about Google Chat today. So um, chat is going to take over the world. It's going to be, uh, if, it have, if you're not already deeply involved in uh, Google Chat, I'm sure you will be very soon. Uh, and hopefully after this episode, you'll be developing and exploring uh, Google Chat and what you can do in terms of customization. Absolutely. And, and Martin, one of the things, and you've probably seen it in the orgs that you work with, and Steve, I know you've definitely seen this, you know, as people have moved from working in the same office to working virtually, conversations have changed from point to point email and they've moved away as much as possible from video and face-to-face -face conversations and, and chat fills the void, fills the day. And I'll, you know, from where I work and I work at Google, chat's our number one tool for communicating amongst my team, amongst extended teams. It is essential. So if something is essential and critical and everybody's using it, why not? Customize it, automate it, and add mm. to it. And I will add to that with some external customers. It's nice to have a room dedicated to those customers. They feel like you're getting the white glove treatment. So definitely nice, nice features. And and uh, Google Chat is now going out to consumers. So if you've got a Gmail account, uh, you'll be migrating off Hangout Chat onto Google Chat. So. Which, which is brilliant news, but it also means now that you're <laughs> you're always on when you chat. So with that, I think we should talk about creation. Yeah. So we got, uh, as I mentioned, two wonderful guests. We've got uh, Laura Taylor. Hello, Laura. So uh, Laura, we'll, um, we'll get a bit into deeper intros in a bit, but we also have Dennis. Hello, Dennis. Hello. So Laura and Dennis, I think, are a great combination in, in terms of guests because uh, in terms of your experiences and you know the kind of the angles that you're coming at this, I think it brings a lot to the party. So, but I, I'm not going to steal all your thunder. So, Laura, do you want to just tell us uh, a bit about yourself and your backgrounds and and um, some of the bits and pieces that you what what interests you with Google Chat? Well, hello, my name is Laura Taylor, as uh, Martin said, and I am a Google developer expert as well as a consultant at TechStrings. And I um, primarily have worked with uh, the Google Chat and um, I think there's great potential there, uh, working with uh, notification chatbots. And so that's what I'll be talking a little bit more about today. That's great. And we also have Dennis. Hello, Dennis. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Dennis Vashek. I'm also a Google developer expert, but for Google Assistant, uh, I co-founded yadada.app, which is a language learning app, and I'm also a Google.cz organizer, so I do also kind of events like these. Uh, on Google Chat, 
I'm also interested in the, like, what can it do and the conversational side, automatization, and how it differs from like Google Assistant to Google Chat Bot. Thanks for having me. It's a great mix, I think. Um, so Laura, you mentioned there that you, you, you do, you've explored Google Chat around um, the, the notification side. So uh, and I think you've developed a, a couple of example chat bots as well um, that people can look at the source code. I think there's Medium posts and we'll, we'll share the links to those. Do you want to just quickly say a little bit more about those? Uh, yes. So um, when I started with Google Chat, I was, uh, you know, just getting started. I think one of the easiest places to get started is with the notification chat box bots. And that basically is where the webhooks come in. The documentation talks about a webhook. And I think it's easy to get started because uh, basically it's uh, a one-way dialogue into a chat room. And so if people are familiar with Google Chat, um, you can set up chat rooms and these notification chat bots are a way for you to post notifications or alerts or information into a chat room. So that's where I got started and kind of just landed there because I think there's so much potential there. So I've created two chat bots. One is called TS FormBot and basically it took a Google form and posted uh, in a card format. So there are two different kinds of uh, message formats. There's simple message format, uh, which is just basically text-based. And then there's a nice card-based format. It takes a little bit more, I think, to develop with it, um, just getting it used to the, the way that the cards are constructed. But the TS FormBot basically took a Google form submission and posted it in as a card um, every time someone submitted to the form. And then the second one I wrote was called uh, TS Chatwise. And basically, I thought, you know, the notifications would be great for an educational space or any kind of learning space. Um, and so whether you're onboarding new employees in a, in a business um, use case or whether you were uh, maybe training uh, staff at a school or, you know, any kind of personal development learning. And so I'm... Uh, developed a, a chatbot and again a notification chatbot that posts lessons either in a text-based format or in a message or card-based format into um, a chat room on a scheduled basis running triggers uh, which are easily accessible via app script and um, so people can post lessons and it will even post images in or additional content with the lesson and uh, so I think there's just great potential there. Mm. I'm still, still working on the documentation for it, but mm. I just think there's a lot of, um, you know, even having miscellaneous groups where you can, um, you know, learn a new language or have things posted kind of as flashcards, or I just think there's great, great potential for that. So, so Laura, what was your entry point? Did you just start from, I know there's like Google Chat. Code labs out there. Uh, there's various developer documentation. There's some community posts, a growing number. Uh, was there a particular starting point you had? Yes, I think there was. I think it was either Google I/O or Google Next. There was an introduction to chatbots, and then I just got a hold of the documentation and um, I, I ran through the code lab when I was trying to set up a conversational interface one time. But just for the notifications, I just mm -hmm. read the documentation and um, and then um, Charles actually you posted a couple of um, examples and articles, and so I read those and I just um, you know pieced together from the documentation and the, the various things that were out there, and I just 
immediately had an interest in it and just, so, you know, seeing some great potential there. So I, I was going to ask you, because you were kind of an early adopter in a public space. And, you know, I think we admit here at Google that, you know, chat was kind of rolled out, but yet we didn't really push it or promote it and fanfare it a lot. But you were an early adopter. What potential did you see in chat? Like, why, why did you think this was a paradigm change from, say, you know, customizing email or customizing other aspects of workspace? What, what brought you to chat as the epiphany? Um, I just think, you know, even messaging on, you know, our cell phones, I just think it's the future. I think, you know, for the, um, you know, students, even, you know, I'm thinking from an educational space or just coworkers. I mean, you know, if all else fails, you know, no one sends email, it will, they'll just chat. You know? <laughs> so I just think it's, I just think it's the next evolution. And then if you can bring workflow into that, I just, I, I just think it's the future. So um, it, when I, I was hooked the minute I saw the, presentation at whether, like I said, I don't remember if it was Google I.O. or Google Next, but I was hooked. I think it was Next. Yeah, Wes Chun was. Yes, yes, and if you watched all of those videos. Absolutely. And I just think it's got such great potential. And, you know, and you see more and more even on public websites, you know, where you've got a chat bot that's answering questions or doing some kind of customer support or, so I just think it's it's the future. I, th I think it's on the Gartner cycle, it, you know, in terms of tech that we should um, be engaging with now. Uh, you know, definitely on the customer service side, uh, you, you can see big gains there in terms of what people are doing. Um, so I think one of the nice things uh, with the Google and uh, when Charles said you were an early adopter, I think it was called Google Hangouts chat or something else <laughs> was, when you when you started. That's how quick you were off the, the marks. Yes, I've been but, changing documentation. <laughs> Google chat. Yes. But um I think one of the nice things I I found with Google Chat was the the fact that uh, you know it, developing an app script was really quick and easy. Absolutely. Um, but did you find any are there pain points that we should maybe just warn people of? <laughs> um, I, I think, well, uh, the documentation in terms of helping build the card, I had a little, I struggled more yeah. with building the card format. And so I really had to look at the examples and I, um, in writing app script to build the card, it, you know, I was working with a lot of objects and arrays and found that it was easier to, you know, you have to really piece together the subsets and that that card structure and the format the JSON, and um, so that I think was a little bit of a pain point there, just trying to figure out, you know, what a card would look like. Maybe some more examples there uh, would be useful. And then I think uh, when I started to work with a little bit of the uh, dialogue, I think you know um, what Dennis will talk about shortly. I think will be dialogue flow is probably the only way to go. I think with conversational interfaces uh, and chatbots because, you know, trying to do regular expressions or parse out what, mm. you know, natural language, what the user is trying to say if you're doing any kind of <clears throat> conversational interface is almost near impossible, you know, in, in a, at least in an app script um, format. I think it would be hard with anything mm. if you're not using dialogue. Well. So you, you bring up one of the great points, Laura. I think one of the challenges, I'll put it, nicely with, with uh, chatbots is 
getting user adoption requires the chatbot to be super useful. And for it to be super useful, it has to be responding at the right time. And, you know, using and trying to capture every command out there is almost impossible, right? And so um, one of the things we released recently, if you're thinking of building bots, and by the way, if you are building a bot, uh, I would definitely do it. It's something called slash commands, which allow you to actually have invoked commands with a name where you can actually uh, explain it, give it a command, and as well as have a, uh, a short little description of what it does, which takes the guesswork out of people having to figure out what command will do what with this bot. Uh, so that's super awesome. But a great segue, I think, over to Dennis was how do we then rely on natural language and let someone actually have a conversation with a bot? That next step is kind of the big thing. How to get the bot to listen to what we're saying? Because mm -hmm. after all, these are conversation-based commands that we're trying to invoke. So Dennis. Ex exactly. So thank you for the word. Uh, Basically, a regex is really not the right way to go about building a conversation. Uh, we are thankfully far from that now. And Dialogflow is like is natural language processing tool uh, that lets you just describe what you kind of want, and you will get the nice parsed result out from the user. Uh, it's based on intents that user can do. So for example, each one of the slash commands could be separate intent. So if you want to create a new document, for example, you would just describe a few sentences, how you can write that command. I sometimes might say, say, because that's what I'm used to. But please, now we are writing only. Uh, so you will describe all that. And then you don't care about the processing, because Dialogflow will do that for you. And we'll just say, OK, intent create a doc was triggered. You should do something about it and provide the response back. What it also enables you to do is to follow the conversation. So you can start at some point, and then based on some context, you handle the conversation in different ways and different states. And uh, there are many ways that we can connect to Dialogflow. It, uh, Google Chat has direct a uh, direct link between Google Chat and Dialogflow, and that's one of the easiest ways. I, I have to. I had a similar kind of experience to Laura with Dialogflow. It's like I, I was at um, might might even be in a DD summit, and it was called API AI back then, and um, just to see how quickly and easy it was to start. You know, just typing in some phrases, just start as you mentioned. I, you know, I, identifying the intent in those phrases, and uh, you know, with, within kind of thirty minutes, there, there was a virtual agent that was able to, you know, interpret what you know people uh, typing commands. Um, dialogue flow, as you mentioned, it can also do voice stuff as well. Um, but Dennis, yeah. I wonder when you were. You've played around a bit with Google Chat. Have have you used App Script? Because one of the things with Google Chat is, it out of the box, it was it could use different architecture. You could be running sure. it off. So that's actually what I would recommend. Not go the direct link between Dialogflow and App Script, mm -hmm. but do most of the stuff in App Script, and then you call Dialogflow when you need to, because Dialogflow has just a simple REST API that you can call on with the provided text. And it will give you, OK, for this text, it's this intent. 
you can return the response in uh, app script. So that's what I would recommend because there are some features that are missing on the Dialogflow side, like pressing the buttons. You cannot work with that or uh, whatever we're talking before, uh, out permissions, also kind of hacky. <laughs> so um, hopefully that will change in the future. Yeah, one of the things I find fascinating about bots is instead of a bot talking to a human, a human could be talking to a bot that's also talking to data, maybe in a spreadsheet. So think about an approval process and someone uh, that's supposed to approve is on vacation and there could be some sort of process that's kind of like monitoring, babysitting, and it could notify on the notify side, or I could start my day and have a conversation with a bot to say, hey, are there any pending approvals? And it can go out and speak to the data and the data and it, it kind of talks back to you. So, any thoughts on that? Sure. Uh, uh, we had a lot of conversation with fellow GDEG, Alan Furstenberg, and he has exactly that, but for Google Assistant. Uh, it's called Voodoo Drive and it enables you to talk to the spreadsheet. So mm -hmm. I'm not sure how it works. It probably doesn't work <laughs> right now, but you can try it on Google Assistant and I agree that talking to spreadsheets enables you many more interesting possibilities. And parsing them with Dialogflow will be much easier because not only the intents, like what do you want to do, but it also enables you to extract parts of the thing, parts of the sentence as a parameter. So you don't have to see or do a query if that sentence includes any of your documents. You just specify open document uh, chatting with the community and you, you specify that as entity and it automatically extract similar entities or the predefined ones if you have them from that sentence and you can work with that as a variable. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, a couple, couple of questions coming in from folks who are watching. Uh, first of all, Mozart makes a really good question, a really good point. Um, we talk about these, like we, we take them for granted and we know that they're there, but users don't always discover them. For mm -hmm. example, you first have to actually invite a bot into a room. Then you actually have to go to the catalog and find a bot that's useful. Then you have to trust the bot. Um, how do you get people to understand or to be comfortable with them. And before anybody jumps in and answers, is the term bot itself a hindrance? Well, when someone thinks a chatbot, you could mention, oh, I'm talking to a machine. Oh, this is a, th those, those can be spooky. Those can be scary. Uh, I, I, this is a bit of a le leading point, but a lot of the folks on the team internally actually refer to them as chat apps. Now the marketing name is technically a chat bot, but you know, when you talk to some IT admins are like, whoa, whoa, we don't want bots in here. We don't want anything out of control or we don't understand. Um, how do you get people, A, to overcome that fear and B, to get them to be comfortable to use these things because they're awesome tools, but A, you have to know they're there and B, you have to accept them and, and rely on them. What do you guys think? Well, I agree. I, I think I like the word apps better. I think that that's more indicative of what it is. and. Um, I think there is, I mean, there's going to be a learning curve, uh, I think, in this. And I found even just from the blog posts, you know, it, it's a slow traction on um, the adoption. But I think if, you know, just people are aware of what is available. So I think there's more use cases, there's more demonstrations, sure. more examples. I think that would be helpful. 
I wonder, Dennis, you know, given you know, a lot of your experiences around um, Google Assistants where there is no interface, the, in the interface is your voice. Is there any tips there in terms of how you can encourage user discovery? Well, it's hard to speak because the discovery on the voice side is also terrible. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I'm afraid we are still looking for the tips there, but uh, having the screen in front of you is, I would say, easier than having mm -hmm. just a voice. And if it should be apps, bots, please just unite on something because now it apps, apps, <laughs> bots, skills, captions, and like really that's really. where the user confusion comes from. You know, mm. they don't know what this is. Uh, and we are also battling, like we have talked at the beginning about like customer service and all that, but users are now, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to speak to a bot. I want to speak to the real person. Right. So we are kind of also like fighting mm. against that that they think that, no, this won't help. I want human to do this. So, so let me expand that thought a little bit. So, and, and Bill, thanks for this, this point. Um, Bill says the chat, uh, you can put a Bill's first question, if, if you will, Martin. Um, obviously, it allows you to stay in the context of the conversation. Most people assume a chatbot is something listening in on this conversation to do something. And although they can be inclusive in the conversation to fetch information or perform a, uh, a function, a lot of times folks want to ex exercise something that is a direct message, right? I wanna just bring a bot and talk straight to a bot. Uh, so it's not about a conversation where we have this third party waiting to do something uh, for us. It could be where I would go to simply invoke a piece of functionality. Do you all find a use case where someone may turn to chat to execute a function and do something within chat versus going somewhere else to do it? Does it feel natural? Do you think it's discoverable? Have you tried it with any of your use cases? Who wants to start? So what I like about building for voice and for chat is I don't have to design the UI. So that's a huge time saver, and that's why I'd prefer to just write slash something than to build a whole app around it and you know hire a designer and style everything. Uh, I think that's great use case around the, having like context around the whole conversation. That's uh, even with Google Assistant, you are always fighting against to what do I have the access as a bot. And even now you only have to access, at least I think, to the messages that you are directly pinged to or tagged to or the slash comments, but not everything in the whole chat. So one of the nice use cases I think would be like, I am gone for two days slash sum up and it will sum up the conversation over the past two days. That would be one use case that I would think would be good, but we also cannot do that. So. That's a, that's a great use case. And one of the things we wrestle with is a very fine line of bringing functionality, but crossing that privacy line. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, listening, we don't listen. I mean, obviously, in an assistant use case, we do, but we don't sit there and go through and review all the things that were said. You know, currently, you have to invoke the bot and speak to the bot, so to speak, or, or direct it to the bot, because we, we want to understand that this is a conversation first. And, you know, we don't speak unless spoken to. We don't take action and less invited to take action, which is great. I heard a lot of people ask for, hey, I'd love to have the ability to go back and just search through all these chats or to go take action based upon something on you, you know, comment you made 
three lines ago corresponds with the one you just made a second ago. I could tie those together and do something based upon what you said, but you know, it, that's when they get become a little creepy as well too. There's great use cases for it, but we do want mm -hmm. the line of, of, of privacy and security and overreach, which we have to you know accept a little yeah. bit. I think it is there, there's definitely a need for transparency because you, you we've also got this world where you can start off a conversation with a bot or an app and it will just be transitioned into a, a real person. Um, some yeah. services are very transparent about that and they say, I am transferring you to, um, but others, they just pass it off. <laughs> you, so you, we're lost. We don't know who we're talking to, but. Now you go. One of the things I'd like to add to the conversation, just because I have been a Google uh, workspace domain administrator in the past, um, or an education space, um, I think, you know, back to your earlier point, Charles, about adoption, I think one of the places that there's going to be a need to sell chat a little bit more is to the domain administrators. Um, you know, it's just another thing for them to configure. And, you know, if they're not, if they're unclear as to what this is, you know, are they apps who can develop, you know, these things have to be whitelisted. And, you know, I, I think that's going to be an area from an enterprise perspective or even from a Google education space, um, more, you know, kind of a, uh, you know, not, not just the education space, but in managing districts, you know, school district or, you know, whatever the administrators over, you know, that's something that's going to have to be thought of too, is, you know, how does this look from an administrative perspective? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, I think that's one of the reasons if this is not a scientific answer, I've been thinking one of the reasons we've seen less adoption is because people are less understanding of it. And it's kind of the, you know, I think some admins are waiting for more demand or for more users insisting that they see some of these things. And so it's kind of that chicken and the egg. How do we get more people trusting it without getting more people excited about it? And so I always call it one of the best known secrets uh, on the workspace platform is because it is super cool but people haven't really seen it all yet. We have seen um, pretty steady and even increasing growth, especially with you know, more people working remote now that people are you know, exploring it. But as, you know, as we all know, there's a separate catalog. They're not lumped in with the, you know, the other installations that you do with the workspace apps, like the add-ons and stuff. And so we're trying to meld all those together and, and, and kind of make it more um, prevalent. I think part of it is, which is also, you know, as we start to see more people build these things, uh, obviously, it builds the you know the need for us to do that. So we hope that will actually become a thing more than it. Well, is. I think if people could see the use case of workflow, and Dennis yeah. talked a little bit about the dialogue part, dialogue in the voice, but you know work workflow, if uh, that will generate, I think, huge interest if you can show some of these um, applications that are actually, you know. Performing workflow of any kind. That's Absolutely, I'll, I'll give you an example. I was going to talk about one uh, a second ago, and, and and again, Bill brought this up in his post earlier about within conversation. For me, I love the fact that you can build an app where people are spending more time. Right? You know, let, let's face it: the majority of what people are doing, who are you know using productivity tools, it's email, it's conversations, it's meetings, and it's document creation. Like those are the big yeah. use cases. We're managing content and drive. And so I'm like, well, why not shove interface and commands right and workflows right into where people are working a lot? And we had this one cool tool internally uh, that we kind of built as a prototype and used. It was called Operator. And what Operator did was it actually allows you to go into a DM. You would app bot the operator in and use natural language and say, 
um, let me take next week off or let me take next Friday off or let me take the 15th off or let me call out sick today. And it would go out and automatically interface with our backend system, which was uh, Workday. Uh, and then also go into your Gmail and set your out of office settings mm -hmm. and set your calendar um, settings to not take meetings, show you that you were OOO, and then also um, send an auto reply. And it used to do all these steps. And so if you think about it, you know, a company like Google with, you know, 100 plus thousand employees who take vacations or call in sick on a daily basis, if you're saving with all those three or four items in a workflow, even if you're saving a minute or two, take that minute or two times all the vacation time you get, times the 100,000 employees, times that constant going thing, you're saving tons of steps in a workflow and you're popping it right in a tool which requires no intervention, no your training. You can be lying sick in bed and simply ask for a day off and it'll do all those things for you. And if that's all you can do, it, it, it ends and it puts it right there. And it's, it's such a nice, easy way of showing how you can connect those things. Um, and so think about that. Anything that you have multiple people doing in your organization, whether it's a salesperson, you know, scheduling a meeting or, or whatever, um, you, you can automate all these processes and put it right in the tool they're spending a lot of time in. So I love it is, is that if we can get uh, people discovering those scenarios and more importantly, uh, folks building those scenarios. Yeah, I would speculate uh, chat rooms. Um, as people start leveraging chat rooms more and more, yeah. um, you may have these ideas like, you know what? I can imagine a automated process in the midst of this chat room to help out to further collaborate and be more productive. So I think that has something, uh, some value to it. Uh, because from an enterprise or business perspective, I've actually witnessed um, customer service, uh, you know, raising up higher because I can go to an external client or a customer or a vendor and to say, hey, I'm going to share this room so we can be all in one place. And within this team, the small team, we can be, you know, left hand knows what the right hand's doing. And getting back to what I said in the beginning, if that's happening in that environment, someone may get an idea to have a <clears throat> chat pod. Yeah, so Steve, just on top of yours, there's a perfect built-in example if no one's ever played with it. It's called the Meet Chatbot. And so if you're in a room full of people, and say for example, the five of us were in a room, what the Meet Chatbot will do is you can simply say, natural language, yeah, meet, um, find a meeting for us all to meet next week. Maybe we want to you know, debrief on, on this event, on this show. It will actually go out automatically, look in all of our calendars. We're all authenticated. We don't have to ask anything. We don't have to open calendars. We don't have to check with each other and say, hey, next Thursday is not good for me. How's next Friday at two? Or how's, you know, It'll automatically go out, do all that, and then respond in a little nice little plain text there saying, hey, pick A, B, C, or D. Here's the best times I found that you're all available. Pick one, automatically do it. And it saves tons of time. And again, it's a great little workflow. Think about it. Scheduling meetings is something folks in a room do. If you can take that away, and we've all played that game where you have to, you know, dive through calendars and, and sync on one. This does it automatically, all with one line of command and accepting that command back. And so I think use cases are, are endless on that. Yeah, it's very nice. Okay. Uh, for those tuning in in the chat, I've just uh, Charles, you were talking about it out of office. So I, I um, posted a tutorial I, I, I wrote, which basically extends the code lab um, with a similar sort of functionality and also integrates Dialogflow so you can really go to town. Um, but something I want to just ask Dennis was you, you've got a lot more experience in terms of designing conversational interfaces. And I, I was wondering, are there best practices or resources that you would recommend people look at in terms of 
you know, designing a conversation that's not going to annoy someone? <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good question. So the first thing I can point you out to is the Google Conversation Design Guidelines. That's a really elaborate website that puts you through a whole lot of conversation to see what's good and what's bad. But take into consideration that this is mainly on conversation via voice, but I'm sure you can pick out something for bots too. Um, one of the things that users don't want to do is to be lost. And that can happen also in a chatbot. So the typical question where the bot says, okay, I don't understand this. That's the question, that's the reply you don't want to give right. and that you want to build around to. And that's also where dialogue flow is great because it automatically collect, collects for you these edge cases. And then you can just go, okay, when this happens, this is this intent, even if you didn't understand it. And that's how you iterate over the conversation because there are millions of ways how to say something, even if they all mean the one intent or stuff like that and you cannot know them all. So that's why you always have to iterate over the conversation to build the best one. That would be like number one tip. I also recall reading a blog some time ago um, that chat bots, when the one is going to consider to design or write up something, it shouldn't be too broad. Um, have you, do you have any best practices of what not to do? Like, is there a temptation to go too broad with what you're trying to accomplish in the bot? instead of a narrow focus, high quality approach? Sure. So for example, like if user asks, uh, what's in that folder? And then you, and there's like thousands of items, you don't go, okay, first item is this, second is this, third. item number 567 is, <laughs> that's not a great conversation. Uh, so for this list of items, the best practice is like you say three and then ask if you want to hear more or sum them up. Okay, there are thousands of items. Do you want some specific ones? What are you looking for? And then you get the query smaller and smaller until it actually makes sense to list those items. And with chat, you have the grain point of having the UI. So that's huge loss. So you can actually display the list of items and you don't have to write them all in the text. So that's kind of cheating here. But good. <laughs> so we um, UIs come up a couple of times. So uh, in Google Chat, we, we basically there is a card service, um, and Laura, um, you mentioned the pain of the card service, and I feel your pain of the card service. <laughs> it is, <laughs> but Charles, I think Google has got a tool to help. They do, they do. In fact, thanks to Steve Basil, um, we just are just launched a tool that will allow you to build not only the uh, card service that add-ons use, uh, but also uh, if you can share the link, Martin, it'd be super awesome. If you go to our uh, Google Workspace card builder tool and simply append slash chat on the end, it'll actually help you build the response to the chat as well, so it can do the card. And so that's kind of neat because you don't have to fumble with it. Uh, same, obviously, you want to build that on. So this is a super neat tool, very versatile, and it takes the guess and legwork out. And in my case, trying to fight through all the errors that I program in, uh, makes it super neat. And so uh, definitely a must. Nice discovery tool as well. I think that's one of, you know, not knowing what you can do in the card in terms of buttons and icons, I think having 
this this tool you can start just dropping stuff in, see if it will work. Um, yeah. Have another go. Yeah, and I want I want to preference uh, to folks listening. There's there's a lot of really new, interesting, and exciting things that we just can't talk about yet. A lot of folks may think that you know chat has been quiet for a while, and it it has a little, um, but it's really picking up on some of the things you can do and build it. So if you stay with us and stay tuned over the next month, few months. Uh, into the summer, there's a lot of things that we're actually building on and, and going to release. And this space is going to only grow. We've seen an uptick in growth. Uh, we've seen an uptick in people actually starting to adopt it. And now that it's in the consumer service as well, too, I think that you know, the sky is the limit for it. I want to pause for a second on that thought and ask, and anybody can answer. This is not just for our guests, but of course our guests can say. If you were to add something to chatbots, where would you like to see it go, or what would you build on top of it? What's the What's the next feature you'd want to see, or what do you think would help it? I know it's a trick, open-ended question, but I personally think expanding the card-based interface. I, I think people okay. like that card-based interface. Um, now, this is something I would like to see expanded, um, not necessarily with the chat box, but uh, with chat in general is the search feature. Um, it seems you know Gmail has such sophisticated search. It would be nice to see some of that same search. I, I know there's there's good search now, but to have some additional advanced um, ability would be nice. I agree with you on the second point. The first point is stay tuned. You'll like what you're going to hear. <laughs> Dennis, how about yourself? So I have two small suggestions. The first one would be integrating like more elements than just cards. For example, I wanted to build an add-on with audio elements, and I had to go back to the editor ones because the new ones don't support that. And I see that the chat would be the same issue. And as you may know, Google has a lot of chat apps. <laughs> and having one API for all of them, and not just for this one specific chat app, would be cool. So unification across all the chat apps. So the latter is also, you know, stay tuned. Um, I, yeah, yeah, and I agree with you on the first. We're we're also in the process. There's there's actually. Um, been a new addition to uh, the card service just recently. Uh, so you can do more layout-based uh, things. Um, but I'd love to hear now or uh, offline or any folks that want to chime in, what are the missing widgets that you would love? Um, you can respond now or hold that thought and let us know later. But uh, you know, I'd like to know where you like to take it. I think more if, uh, even like form-based um, elements drop downs or or uh, or even you know something that mimics a little bit more google forms maybe time and or date based elements those types of things you are reading our minds laura <laughs> <laughs> anyway so i just wanted to ask uh, and again any folks that have any comments in the windows or you want to drop them in youtube on the bottom we well, my my ask is kind of we don't jump through hoops to get dialogue flow working with Google Chat, and it would, I, it would be nice if, I think this is more a, a app script thing of just getting app script and dialogue, having dialogue flow as a, a service in app script rather than having to use the library I've shared with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Mozart's got a comment. I think you, you might need to expand on this, but I'll just bring it up um in case any others here 
Um, I don't know if this is referring to payments by chat or. Or something different. So, but, sorry, if you want to, uh, we're we're drawing a blank here. Yeah, I haven't seen that scenario be a thing yet. Uh, I see where it could be when we add bots more into the consumer space, but I haven't really seen where it's become a a thing yet. So, but payments also suggest one other point that is often like missed, especially in voice, and that's monetization. Uh, yeah. What do you see as in terms of like monetization of the chat add-ons or chat apps? Any news on that? I don't have any news on that, and that is a great question. Um, you know, it's similar to like the you know the add-on story where monetization is normally through your app, not necessarily through mm -hmm. the marketplace mm -hmm. or the exact interface. Um, I don't have a good answer on that one. Yeah. I thought there was a uh, marketplace for chat apps already. There is the, there's the, I mean, there's the catalog, right? Where you can get all the chat bots within the catalog, but there's not necessarily a okay. monetization feature or any way to collect. It's similar to the way the, the, um, the add-ons work. Okay. Yeah. There's lots of workarounds. Yeah. It's mostly uh, through. Nice. Of and <laughs> which, which, which brings a great point. I mean, a lot of, and, and I always have very strong feelings on this. There are chatbots you're going to write for a domain, and then you're then there's chatbots yeah. right for the public domain, um, or there's going to be chatbots you write or chat apps if we want to use the the, the groovy internal technology uh, name for it. Um, there's going to be apps that you write that are meant to be used in different domains, but for domain centric activities. And so I think that's part of the you know, the differentiation too. There hasn't really been that demand to make it a payment center vehicle. And we haven't seen a consumer drive because there hasn't been a consumer market for it yet. So I think supply and demand or, or any urges that pull us, I still think, and this is a personal opinion and I haven't really thought it out. I don't think people will be comfortable with a payment system through it per se, or, or have that expectation yet. Um, and with trust being paramount, maybe that's not somewhere we go with it. But I, again, it'd be interesting to see or hear um, uh, how it responds. Like I'm really interested to see what developers uh, like yourselves and, and folks that are listening in, what they'll do um, for, for bots, for chat apps in the consumer space. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I think as well, given Google Chat is now more, you know, it's not restricted to your workspace domain. Um, I think it, it will be interesting to see how that evolves and, um, you know, just what comes back. I, I'm not, it's not something I've really explored in terms of developing bots for consumer accounts. I, right. I said, it's not a, it's not a thing. So it's not really, you know, the questions haven't really popped up mm -hmm. yet. So hey, let me ask a question as far as like developer ease of use and readiness. Um, there's developers of all walks of life. Um, how difficult is it for you to build chatbots? Um, skills, needs, tools, learning curve, time. Who, who do you do you think a citizen developer type could build these chatbots, or is this professional developer only stuff? Like, how do you classify uh, the bot building audience? I would think it would start with like a low code approach rather than no code, um, yeah, sure. and then you know, from code labs and things like that, then you build on your expertise. 
Yeah, I think um, from the notif, you know, I started with notifications just because that was the easiest way mm -hmm. to get started. And I, I think, like I said, it's um, this will be nice to see this new card builder tool. But that's you know a tough spot to get started if you're doing the card based interface. And then the dialogue, I found it very difficult to do the conversational. I think you know just from a design perspective, and Dennis can speak to this more, but you know you really need to be familiar with natural language and how to to run that because there's just the conversational inner uh, thoughts take a little bit more of that design effort i think as well there just in terms of debugging it um you know you, you you do need to know how you know to use stack driver logging for example just to because when you get your message object back there's a lot of information in that object and navigating down the tree mm -hmm. to the right bit um uh, is is quite tricky to do. So knowing debugging tools, I think, is a, a big key to that success. So I think you need to have some previous experience with that script and um, some of those particular skills to to help. Yeah, I, I, I think so. And one and one of the challenges for the bot space, for chatbots in particular, is it's easy to build a bad bot. It's harder to build <laughs> useful. And when we think about adoption, if you, you know, Dennis, you mentioned this, if you ask a bot three questions and it never responds to you with a positive experience, mm. you'll never go back to that bot again, right? It's just a bad app. It's a bad solution. And so, and that's part of the challenge. We don't want people writing bad ones just because, hey, I like this idea. And then everyone else goes, well, these things aren't useful because they're not good. And so, Dennis, what's your advice about that? How do you actually make that bot useful? And how do you actually do, especially since your voice, how do you actually quantify you know, a good user experience versus a mediocre one versus a versus a poor one? Yeah, uh, a really great issue. Uh, not sure if it's going to be a great answer because like, it's up to the users to decide mm -hmm. whether you have succeeded or not. Of course, and as, as the developers, we always have like this, vision that, yeah, sure, I know what to do. I know what to say. I know what my bot will handle. But then you have to go into the role of the user, and now they are lost because they are not you. And so that's the difference when you need uh, that goes back to your command about like something for your own domain and something for customers, because perhaps people in your domain will also know how to use these things. But the regular customer, oh, what is this? <laughs> and how does this work? You're, you're uh, it's, it's there's there's different there's different user levels too right because some folks just have the expectation this thing should be brilliant and talk to me because somebody put it there and sometimes they don't realize that you have to you know learn it and there's nuances and you have to speak to it in the language it understands or it, it can speak yeah better. you know i think that you know I, I mentioned the meatbot earlier and the meatbot i think is awesome again if you haven't tried it and you're listening in if you simply go and say at meat within a room it's awesome but i've actually fought with the meatbot itself where i'm like Book a meeting for all next week. I want a meeting. You know, after the seventh time you're asking, I just want a meeting. You're like, okay, we're not, we're not getting along here, are we? Um, so yeah, the experience can die. You know, it can really integrate pretty fast. I've fallen out with my Google Home several times, Charles. Yes, I've yelled at uh, I've yelled at my Google Home. I don't that out loud. I've literally yelled at my Google Home and said, "Okay, I've asked for this song. You keep playing that song." <laughs> I think that's just a part of the experience. <laughs> All I wanted was the Formula One results. <laughs> Could I get them? No, no, Charles, I couldn't. <laughs> Formula One. F one equals. <laughs> 
I think Charles, that goes back to the, the you know designing. Somebody mentioned it earlier about keeping the scope of your chat bot yeah, fairly point. simple. Yeah. And I think you know, or I think it was Steve you know, saying if you you know you really want to keep this the scope narrow and and uh, I think it'll it'll be much more successful with with uh, the bot as well as with the end user. Yeah, that's, that, that's a great point. Put a use case in a bot that makes sense in a bot. And it's a bite-sized thing that's logically, mm -hmm. you know, uh, interface with versus, you know, trying to boil the ocean and shove it in the middle of a conversation. I, I yeah. agree. That's a great point. I think one example, I see Mozart qualified his question. He said, I mean, the user's looking for info to do their payments, which reminds me, let's say there's an IT support desk or support for a product online. You could have a bot to just reference known documented FAQs. And if that question doesn't match, then say, okay, I'll pass you along to a actual person. So you might be able to, um, you know, work, work it that way. Yeah. And, and, and when you were all doing your wish list, there's one wish list that you didn't ask for, but the whole notion was how can I create these rooms and how can I create these workflows with the chat system itself? Mm -hmm. And again, those are future things that we're absolutely looking very closely at and stay tuned on that as well, too. So, um, you know, the workflow could be also constructing, you know, that, that, that chat experience. And just, uh, sorry, uh, if I may just add to the FAQ, but that actually one that is actually one of the features of Dialogflow. You can upload the documents and it will automatically generate the bot around it. I have not tested if this works with Google Chat, but I don't see a reason why not. So. You could have just this could be like done in 30 minutes, you know, upload those documents to just to the dialogue flow, it will parse them out and return the question based return the answer based on them. So this is one of the low code everyone can mostly everyone can do it solutions where it's really easy to get started. But then you if you want to do like follow up, then everything goes down because that's one more step that dialogue flow doesn't support of if you want to integrate it into like that's the level you have this, but then you need that little bit of code and that's a few more hours of work just because you want to add those few lines. And that's kind of sad. Yeah, you, you, hit on, you hit on one of my dream bots. It's the FAQ bot married kind of to what Steve was saying a second ago. I would love to ask an FAQ question. If it already exists, have the chat app respond to me. If it doesn't already pass me off to a pool of experts that can ask it. Because I mean, I've seen this, and I know we do this internally. Chat is really common to, you know, go out and ask tons of people in a room for advice, but everybody's listening and answer. And half the time, those questions have been asked already. Wouldn't it be nice to simply respond to that and not bother all the people listening in? That's the killer app. I'd love to see somebody wrote. That's a great hint for anybody listening in who wants to make a nice little product on our platform. Um, with that, we are coming light on time, and I do want to ask Dennis and Laura. What is the next chat app, chat bot you will be building? What's the next thing you're gonna do with the product? No pressure. <laughs> I'm still working on documentation for my <laughs> one. So uh, um, I probably more along still again, the notification space, just because I'm so, I'm finding and writing more and more of those internally. And, um, but now with the new card system, I'm gonna go uh, try that out and and uh, see, and I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing some about the new features that might be coming out soon. Cool. That's that kind of interesting. All right. 
<laughs> uh, so I've been playing a lot with GPT-3 over the past like six months. So my next Google thing will be probably based on it. And I have yet to figure out what exactly will be it. <laughs> <laughs> but so GPT-3, was... that's for another stream. That's for another hour. <laughs> Uh, so, um, Charles, while you were talking, I was just checking uh, Google App Script Pulse, the uh, website you go for all your App Script community solutions, and um, I've very few um, chat examples. So, uh, if people want to ping us with examples if you've built stuff. I need to get Laura's. Your stuff is missing on them. I think that was just timing. Yeah, that, that's a great. That's a great point. If anybody out there has built these or wants to build these or is trying to build these, do let us know. As I mentioned, you know, we're we're super interested in hearing about successes, also about challenges and needs. So uh, please do share or let us know what you're working on. Or conversely, if you're running into blockers, let us know that as well mm -hmm. too. Love to get that. You can DM me, um, let, let me know, or put, put some comments in here, or let us know up on Pulse uh, either way. Because I, yeah, I think... We need more people exploring and, and you know, building these and, and, frankly, breaking these to let us know what, what's going on. But there was one example, Charles, and it reminded me something I don't think we've really talked about is the fact with chatbots, you know, you're not just limited to what Google products and services can provide. Yeah. You can go off and connect with your own products and services. So um, there was uh, an example of someone connecting with the, the SAP Grass, Graph API. So you, you know, if you're using Salesforce, whatever, as long as it's got an API, you can start interfacing your chat with that. Um, so let the merriment begin. There's a lot of great use cases. I mean, one, for example, that, uh, you know, what won't surprise anybody is Salesforce has a nice chatbot. Mm. Allow you without having to log in chatbot. Imagine a salesman, salesperson, and their manager are talking about an opportunity. You can simply bring the chatbot in the conversation and say, show us all the opportunities for this account or whatever um, the use case is, and it can respond back without you having to, as Bill mentioned earlier in his comment, switch context, stop your conversation, go off and do things. You can just quickly say, hey, Salesforce, what's the opportunity or what's the contact mm -hmm. name? Tell me about the last three deals they bought or whatever. Um, puts it right in. So yeah, that's a great point, Martin. You're not limited to just you know workspace things. This is you know open-ended. You could push any information in and contact anything, you know, complete a task or look up information or whatever workflow steps you're doing. These apps could be unlimited. It just mm. needs imagination and some developers to start building them. Excellent. Well, this has been, I think, a really useful. I think we have to revisit this topic. I just love it. There's so much opportunity. Um uh, and it's been a delight to have you both. Dennis and Laura on the show. Um, you're definitely welcome back. Um, uh, so, but we should probably, we've got uh, our next show is uh, uh, another kind of community contribution. Uh, so same time next week, we are joined by uh, Chanel Greco, who's um, a distinguished uh, app script uh, and workspace uh, contributor. Um, you may have seen our YouTube tutorials. So. We've got Chanel along. We also have Bruce McPherson coming uh, back on the show uh, just to uh, promote a, a new tool he's got. So we're talking about uh, discovery, learning, and sharing Google Apps Script. So, uh, and I think the show after that, I mm -hmm. think, is slowly coming together. Is that one we can announce, John? Uh, 
It is ready to announce on our side. That is correct. Alternate runtimes, folks. You asked for it. You're getting it. Um, so we have uh, Steve Basil coming, and we also Real Notterman. So if you saw the launch blog post, uh, you'll know Real from Zaps uh, included an example of alternate runtime uh, for add-on. So we'll be covering that as well. So, and we'll keep the topics coming. You can't stop us, people. We will. <laughs> We will keep coming back. <laughs> so oh, that's a good thing. <laughs> so thanks again, Dennis and Laura. Thanks for those who tuned in and your contributions via Thank the you. chat. And um, uh, a reminder that uh, if you're watching the recording, you can also get the podcast version of this as well. So we published that shortly afterwards, and we'll um, also publish. We've covered quite a few resources and links, so we'll include those with the show notes. Um, so. Uh, well, Trevor, I think that's it, unless I've forgotten anything. Thank you. Thank you. Happy scripting, folks. We'll see you next time. <laughs>